All right, welcome everybody. This is What's Up For You, um, November 9th, 2021. And um, yeah, let's just feel into this energy for a second first and then we'll get started. Let's... All right, so let's go ahead and breathe into our heart space. And exhale out 360 degrees. And again, pulling in anything that you need, desire, require as you breathe into that heart space and exhaling out the energies, the patterns, the programming that no longer serves you. And nice deep inhale again. We'll exhale that energy back out. So I just want to point something out as you're breathing in, it's almost as if there is like a portal or a spiral or this energy that is um, ironic. It's like it's opening, like as you inhale, it's almost like it's turning and opening a space. And as you exhale, it's pushing all this energy out from that space is what it looks like. So inhaling, opening, opening, opening to more of who you are, to more of what you have available, to different access points that you might not be used to accessing. And then as you exhale, you're literally almost squeezing out or moving out um, the patterning that just doesn't match this new opportunity. There we go. And one more deep, deep, deep in. Open, open, open into the heart. And exhale, exhale, exhale out everything that is not of the heart. All right, then. All right, lovelies. What do we got going on today? Sharon? My 15-year-old son has been more agitated than normal lately. It seems like he, he is trying to communicate something, but he is doing it through a lot of shouting and things in the house are starting to feel frazzled. I love your help and insight if there's anything we can do to help him. Okay, let's just see. Well, there's a bit of a there there's a bit of a what I'll say like a throwing off energy, a throwing out energy. So a little bit um, in lines with what we just did um, in that opening exercise, breathing in the new. It's almost like instead of breathing in the new, he's been breathing in the old. You know, it's like that pattern. He's used to breathing in that energy, but he can't do it anymore. He can't take in any more energy than um, of the old. And so he's trying to throw it off from 
throw it out of his energy field and that can come out as being a little bit more aggressive or being a little bit more, uh, yeah, a little more hostile, a little pushing. Um, so pay attention to what he's trying to push out. Um, and number one, let's recognize that it's not his in the first place. Um, if he felt like it actually belonged to him, he would be trying to keep that and assimilate that and integrate that, but it doesn't belong to him. It's more collective in nature and it's also more, um, there, there's definitely some other things just going on that he's picking up just around the house even. So let's one, acknowledge that it's not his and number two, give him some, as many positive outlets to throw that off, to, to throw that out as possible. Um, yeah, let's see. Yeah, there's a, there's a frustration. There's an irritation and an anger. It's like, doesn't belong to me. It's not mine. I don't want it there. Um, so I get, get up in a minute. So let's do this. So for all of us, might as well do this while we're here. Um, let's for him and for each one of us and for any of the other kids that might be having this kind of experience, let's just, again, take that inhale that we were each taking for ourselves a moment ago, opening ourselves up to more of our own capacity, more of our own awareness, our awake state. And let's let's exhale that out so that there's actually a, a space between what's, what was coming in and kind of hitting him. And yeah, he, we just need to create a space for him. We need to create a space for ourselves so that that energy bumps up against us or him way out there so that he can kind of see it from a distance and choose what he wants to do with it instead of having it come in and hit him right in the chest or hit it hit it hit him right in you know the, the his own trigger points so we're inhaling that and as we exhale it out we're just creating a buffer around him and around ourselves and any of the other kids on this planet that probably need exactly the same thing right now so that they can make a choice around what they're absorbing or not absorbing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he just, it's not mine, it's not mine, it's not mine. And, um, and even though it's not his, he doesn't know what to, he wasn't knowing what to do with it in his body. So at a certain point, he hits a saturation point and he just starts acting it out. So, and it's okay to say to our kids, this isn't yours. You know, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Yep, it's, it's not your fault that that energy is being absorbed, but we need to take some steps so that 
you can understand what to do with energy that's not yours. Yeah, yeah we're getting into a time now where we're really going to start teaching ourselves and teaching our children about energy. You know, it's we're going to be teaching them from the vantage point of we are energy first. Yeah. So, all right. All right. This question is, uh, this person recently had a session with you in October and it helped. I do the presence 15 minute breathing every day as you suggested, yet I continue in this loop of fear, overwhelm, despair. Is there anything you can offer to my awareness as to why I keep experiencing and repeating? Mm -hmm. um, Um, so I want to make a, a, a little bit of an adjustment around the presence process for you. Um, and then let's, and let's see if that does the trick and I'll, then I'll offer something else as well. So when you're doing the presence process and you're doing that 15 minute breathing, um, if you find that you are if you can if you can still talk to yourself or tell yourself a story at the same time you're doing that breathing then increase the speed of the breathing right so uh, and i noticed this because i i use that methodology a lot i mean um and what i notice sometimes is something will be up and i'll sit to to breathe it through, to do a breathing exercise through it. And I hear myself telling myself a story at the same time I'm breathing. And if, if you can do both, then your breathing might not be quite fast enough. So, um, and the other thing too is, um, if you're going to be thinking a thought, um, use Michael Brown's, I am here now in this. Right, that's his, that's what he, that's the breath cycle. So inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. There's no, there's no pause, right? So, and if you need something to focus on mentally so you don't tell yourself a story, then I am here now in this. I am here now in this. And what you'll notice is that the emotion that is behind the story of despair or you know fear or whatever is there that emotion will most likely flood to the surface and we don't want to suppress that emotion i have a feeling that what's going on is that 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 fear that anxiety that stress just hasn't been it, it just hasn't been quite met yet because just about the time you get really, really close to meeting it, that story seeps in and it's like a little bit of a veil between your experience of that anxiety, stress and, and the emotion. So it's like the emotion doesn't quite get there because the story's there. And what I'd like to suggest is get to the emotion, get to the tears. And you'll do that by I am here now in this and following that breathing pattern. 
and you'll watch and I know I do this all the time you can start feeling the ah here comes the emotion you know it's like here comes the fear here comes the anxiety and usually right there we stop breathing you know it's like oh okay, I don't want that to bubble up to the surface. I don't want to spend my day crying or I don't want to, whatever. But if you'll just let yourself breathe through that, what you'll find is the emotion and the energy will come up. It'll, and as it's coming up, it's being processed. Um, and once it's processed, you, you'll notice that the first time it happens, you might cry for 15 minutes but the next time it happens, it's going to be less and less and less. And pretty soon a tear comes up and then it's gone. Right. So, yeah, it's just that buffer is what I'm seeing. So. All right. This question. My five-year-old nonverbal daughter recently started putting her face very close to mine and started repeatedly next to my eye or above my eye. Any thoughts? Um. Is she saying anything? Oh, she's nonverbal, you said. So she's just putting her eye next to your eye. Okay. Um, or her head next to your eye. Hmm. <laughs> see, mommy, see, mommy, see, mommy. Yep. See, see what's there. It's, it's right there. It's like I can almost like watch your like telescope in. Um, what I would really, whoo wee. She's a, she packs a punch. Um, hold on a second. I'm gonna say this to everybody, not just to you, because I think it's so important. And I think these kids know this more than anyone. Again, there's something so beautiful, something very challenging, but something so beautiful about being nonverbal, about being silent, about being somebody who witnesses multidimensionally all the time and is not encumbered by trying to find the right words. Um, so their, their actions and their movements and their sounds and their behaviors are an invocation, um, an invitation to something more and it's we typically get really bogged down in the words of things which is pretty surfacey you know all in all but what i'm noticing with this little one is you know that it is it's um open your eyes open your eyes right there's something different to perceive there's something different to see than what has been seen and none of us have to be afraid of what we're seeing. Um, although it might not jive with our old illusion of ourselves or maybe a perceived limitation even that, I mean, you in particular, the one asking this question, you can see. I mean, you can see beyond what you are currently seeing and your child knows this. Yep. And is asking you to open to that and not to be afraid of what you see, not to be afraid of what you can open to. Um, yeah. This is going to be a fun ride. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> she, oh, okie doke. <laughs> 
call me in a few weeks, would you? <laughs> or email me. <laughs> All right. As a mom, I juggle daily schedules of my husband, myself, and our kids. Some days we feel additional anxiety from overscheduling. One would think I must enjoy the chaos, but I don't. It also seems when I am vulnerable energetically, it appears even more chaos comes at me than I can handle. Um, her sister is also the same way, but more amplified. Any advice on how to handle this? It's simple. You might not like the response, but it's really simple. We all have to slow down now. I mean, all of us, it's, we can't, we can't maintain the pace. And usually the pace is related to um, some form of illusion, right? It's some form of fear. You know, I, we got to, we got to keep up. We got to, sometimes it's, you know, school and therapy and after school programs and <clears throat> whatever. And, and there's what I, what I would ask you to do is first ask yourself what your, what you believe will happen by keeping up a really high paced, you know, what, do, what are you gaining from it? Um, I would definitely ask myself those questions. And then I would ask also, what would be the fear if you backed away from some of those obligations or some of those, uh, those energies, some of those experiences? Um, and I will say that there's, we're gonna have deep compassion here because we can all be running from something, you know? We can all be keeping pace or trying to keep pace with life so that something just doesn't get fully felt. And I know it's scary to feel whatever that feeling might be, but I think therein lies your freedom, therein lies your peace. Um, to just really start asking those kinds of questions. And um, we need to slow down so that we can hear ourselves, so that we can know what we know instead of just pay attention to what we're conditioned to think we're supposed to be experiencing. Yeah, there's, there's so much available to us um, in that slower pace. Yeah, I will, I will just put one little side note here. I am notorious, personally. <laughs> go, 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 go. What, what, what can happen next? What, what can be experienced next? What can be known next? And right before we had the whole, um, you know, pandemic or plandemic or whatever you want to call it, the, the, um, I had taken a year, basically backed up for a year. Um, so I had a year of, quieting down before we all had to quiet down so I was like and by the time we were in the next year of it I was like ah I just want to start again I want to keep moving but it is it's just deep it's just diving us deeper and deeper into what we actually are in truth so don't run away from that because 
we need your truth. Yeah. So. All right, next question. I have a harder time translating my feelings and thoughts into words in general, but especially to my mother. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the advice, but she often twists conversations. I often feel less than, than after our interactions, leaving me thinking I must be seeking a nurturing, nurturing feeling from outside of myself. I feel a strong need to love and support my own children in a different way and do not want to follow the same pattern. How do I navigate this type of relationship while having her in mind and my children's uh, lives almost daily? Mm -hmm. When we speak authentically from how we feel in any given moment, not to make not to make somebody change, but just to acknowledge for ourselves, this is how some part of your inner community feels. You know, um, parents are of all kinds, you know, both you as a parent and you as the child with parents. Um, parents are notorious for being able to um, trigger just that right place within us. And it's not because they're necessarily intending to trigger us in that way. But, um, you know, there's a lot, awful lot. I mean, well, the vast majority of your imprinting comes from that family unit, right? So that's why they say, you know, if you want to see how evolved you are, go visit your parents for the weekend and you'll, you'll figure that out real quick. And that's true for each and every one of us. And what I will say is that we are in a time of great growth and great opportunity for self-awareness. And so when we authentically say to somebody, hey, you know, when you say that in that way, it hurts my feelings. Or when you say that in that way, I end up feeling less than and I'm not sure if that's your intent or not, or, or I'm sure that's not your intent, whatever is authentic to you. It does two things. It gives the person who has, the parent who has never really heard your authentic voice, um, the opportunity to kind of self-correct if they have the capacity to do that. But more importantly, it gives the, the children within you, the opportunity to know that you are voicing on their behalf, that, that you're actually saying what's important to you. You're, you're standing up for them, right? And none of it has to be mean or aggressive or any of that. And matter of fact, it can come from a place of deep vulnerability, you know? And it again, we're not saying it so that they they, whoever is outside of us changes, we're saying it so that our inner children can feel supported, can hear that we're standing up for them. Yeah. So, hey, mom, you know, I, I noticed that when I leave my time with you, I often feel, you know, depleted, or I often feel um, sad, or, and Again, you're just saying it not, not to have her or any parent fix themselves, 
but they may very well, they may very well say, oh, that was never my intent, you know, or that, and you can reach a different space together. But what all I just keep hearing in this question is the, the authenticity of your own voice. Yeah, to actually give yourself permission to speak from that authenticity. Yeah, it's like you you have a need. You have a need that wants to be met. And the need is the need of one of your inner children. And so we meet that need by speaking to it, by, by speaking authentically. Yeah, and it's scary. You know, we're not gonna negate the fact that there's a there's a fear of for all of us of not being loved, not being heard, not being met. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do it anyway. <laughs> all right, this question. Just before this call, I had a huge trigger around my son, William. I am still processing, but at loss as to know how to help him. Um, don't, don't help him, <laughs> don't help him. Um, but again, help, don't help him, but meet the part of yourself that is triggered by whatever came up. Right. So first things first, it's like the trigger happened. There's a knee jerk reaction to go outside of yourself and to help him. But the trigger happened because there's a child inside of you that in that moment, in whatever that exchange was, felt unsafe or felt vulnerable or didn't feel like enough or whatever it was. Right. And so before we go to William, we wanna to go to that part of ourselves and, and just meet her, meet, meet her. And um, I, the other thing too, is one of the places that you might go to look for this inner child that you're meeting is at whatever, whatever age William is now, you might start there with your own inner child, right? Ask yourself what she was like at that age. Ask yourself, ask yourself what she might have needed at that age that she didn't get and start talking to her about that or start giving that to her. And we give it to her simply by, by acknowledging one, that she needs it. And by two, just, you know, hearing what she has to say, you know, having that conversation with her. Um, William says he'll work himself out. <laughs> so he's more than capable of working himself out. And even more so when there's no longer the, the, the need for that reflection. It's like he's he's trying to bring something to the surface for you, um, as our kids are almost all day, every day, 24 seven. <laughs> so, 
All right, this question is, my 19-year-old daughter was in the emergency room with severe stomach pain a few weeks ago. CAT scans, labs, et cetera, all good. Any thoughts? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, these kids and, well, these children and our own inner children are highly attuned. We have to get this. They're highly, highly attuned to the energy that's going on out in the world right now. And we can see that as a challenge or we can see that as a capacity. Of course, we don't want anybody having to go to the hospital and those kinds of things, but it's, um, I see her just absorbing, um, yeah, this 19 year old is just absorbing energy all over the place. And again, well, what I'm being shown is a lot of this energy, although it, it's unseen, it can, it can, we can go about our lives for the most part with some perceived inconvenience and we can kind of pretend that it's not socking us right in the gut, right? That this energy is like literally not, boom, punching us right in the solar plexus. So, um, and this is what this one is experiencing. So it's almost like all this energy came in and, um, hit right in the gut area. There's, I don't see anything quote unquote medically wrong, not even in the gut, but there's a level of sensitivity within this one that's just absorbing, again, so much of this collective energy. And this gives us the opportunity to see beyond what we have been conditioned to perceive. We're, we're used to, okay, somebody's having physical symptomology, it must be physical, right? There must be something physically wrong. And I'm not saying there are times when there is something physically wrong, but the vast majority, especially of kids right now, inner children and outer children that are feeling these things, let's just not consider, or let's consider that it's not just about something physical. They are absorbing energy faster than fast. So for all of us, let's collect up all the energy that has been uh, infiltrating, playing on, attaching to our solar plexus, our power centers. Yeah. And let's collect all that energy up. Yep, it's, it's just energy projected at power. Collect it all up. And let's turn it around and send it out the other direction. Send it back out. Yeah, I mean, this, um, yeah, 
And if you want, yes, yeah, spear it up if you want, blue star it, spin it to clear, you can do all that, contain it, return it to before it was ever created. But we're in a power play right now, right? There's the power play of false power. And if you have a 19-year-old, you, you have an individual who is attempting to step into, you know, his or her own expression of themselves fully. They're, they're adults, basically, you know, they're, and not that that's a plus all the time, but they're, they're, they're stepping into or attempting to step into their own power in the world at the same time where there's a gigantic power play right now. Yep, and so it's like, the, it's like this push pull. Can I use my power? Can't I use my power? Is, is my power safe? Is it not safe? This is what I've learned about power. This is what I feel about power. All of that is playing out here. So, um, so conversations about what empowers, what feels powerful, conversations about what brings fear or vulnerability around the capacity to be in power, to be in charge of their own lives. Yeah, it's scary right now for teenagers to kind of claim that power. And it's, they're not just fighting family dynamics around power, they're fighting collective dynamics around power. So let's empower. Yeah, let's empower. Yeah, I hope that's helpful. All right. Uh, do you have? <laughs> you guys are packing a punch today. I don't know if you guys can feel that, but the energy is just like moving and grooving. So, all right. This question is: Do you have any advice around discern discernment and clearly knowing what is the right steps forward? Forward. Hmm. Uh, the, um, the realist in me wants to say hit and miss, hit and miss, hit and miss, trial and error. Um, so, the, and that's, that's partly the case, but what, what you're telling me to tell you back is First, turn off all the noise, you know, turn off the external voices and so that you can feel, so that you can feel your way into what's next instead of think your way into what's next. So, and one of the things that can be really helpful is if you feel like you have you know, two roads forward, or if you feel like you have a direction and you're not sure that it's the right one for you, just turn off all the noise for a second, close your eyes and literally put yourself in that space. Put yourself in that scenario and then notice how your body feels in that space. And then maybe put yourself in an alternative reality. 
and see how your body feels in that space. Your body knows, your body's already trying to direct you in one way or another. So just by putting yourself in that space, you'll kind of go, okay, this, this resonates more. Sometimes you might hear something, see something, feel something. Um, but give yourself permission to put yourself there ahead of time so that you're not really having to guess as to whether or not it'll feel good when you get there. Find out, yeah, by putting yourself there. So, and we're quite capable of doing that. That That's one of the beautiful things of um, not functioning in time the way we did, let's say about 10 years ago, or let's say back in 2012 or before 2012, it was a different time dynamic than it is now. So we can put ourselves, we can put ourselves in the past, which is where most people put themselves, but you can also put yourself in the future. Yeah, so play there and let's feel it. You'll know the trickier part is trusting it, right? So, cause then the head pops back in and says, oh, are you sure, are you sure? Well, when the head says, are you sure, are you sure? step out of the head, because the head doesn't know. The head has any number of polarities or dualities, it rights, wrongs, goods, bads. I mean, that's what its job is. So we've got to step out of that way of defining what's good or what feels right and step into that sensory experience in the body that somatic experience in the body. And all we have to do is place ourselves there and we'll know how it feels. So. All right, this question. I have recently learned I have negative ley lines below my house, which happen to write, run right under my the room my son chooses to defecate it in. in. Okay. While I wait for the funds for the service, I have been offered to help with this. Is there anything I can do myself to turn it around? I do already burn sage and Palo Santo. Okay. Um, it's so interesting. I just, I literally, um, get just yesterday, I was talking to one of the science guys that I've been working with lately. And I, he took an image of my house and I have fault lines that run right underneath my house. And I was going, okay, this is great. I'd actually contacted him about a tree in my yard that I want to come back because it's so beautiful. Um, so let me see if the same thing will work here. And okay. Um, I think so, but I think that there's more that's required here than um, I probably have the expertise for. What I'd like to do is, I think I have a, a remedy here, um, but what I'd like to do is I'd like to have you email me, just so, just email me the same question. And I just wanna reach out to him too, just to clarify that I have this accurate, but, um, what he had me do anyway, I'll just tell you that part first. He was telling me that 
the energy of the, in my case, the energy of the house was drawing on the energy of the tree. And so it's almost like the, tr the house was using the tree as a grounding. Um, and so I had to create a disruptor between the tree and the house, which was a rebarb uh, pole that was about three feet long that I had to just, I just did it this morning actually, staked it into the yard. What I'm seeing for you is that the same kind of thing, but we wanna draw the energy of those ley lines or the, the, the energy that's running underneath the house. We wanna, we wanna recircuit that around your house so it's not falling right under. Um, yeah, so, and I, so I have a feeling that we can put a couple of those rods in and draw that energy out from away from the house but I don't have enough expertise in that. That's what I'm seeing, but I kind of would like to clarify that with him first. So if I'll reach out to him later today and ask that question. And if you'll email me, then I can respond to you better. Um, but that's what you're, it's not because it's not so much what's going on, like you said, inside the house, the sage and that kind of thing is wonderful for clearing the physical space and the energy of the space. But if you keep having those ley lines running in that same pattern underneath the house, you still have, you know, almost like this vortex pulling down from the house into the earth. And that's what we're trying to circumvent. We're trying to move that energy around a little bit because ley lines are just energetic lines. They're not they don't have to be permanent. Even fault lines don't have to be permanent. So we're just redirecting that energy. All right, this question is, I am facing so much uncertainty and unknown in life and forced changes in my livelihood. I am on a timeline deadline and nothing is yet coming forward as a plan. I keep emptying out and opening up, but there is fear that I won't be supported. Any thoughts? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the whole exercise is specifically for bringing this fear to the surface, right? Um, it's so, so we want to meet that energy of fear. It's more important that you meet the energy of fear and anxiety and stress and really, um, uh, well, and I'll say back to the presence process stuff, either that or some other breathing technique that you actually breathe through that energy. Because what we're trying to do here and the whole universe is working with you. And I know it doesn't feel that way because when things are, when you're reaching a deadline and when things are not showing up as easily and as you want them to, we have a tendency to kind of go, oh, everything's working against me. And, but I think that very thought, everything is working against me, might be what is behind the fear in the first place, right? I'm not supported. Things are working against me. There's fear. So let's let that come to the surface. Let's let that arise. And we don't have to tell a story about it. It's not about what happened when we were children or anything like that. We just wanna actually sit in that feeling for just a second. 
Yeah, we want to just sit in that feeling for just a second and feel all of it. See what comes up, see what see what naturally arises. And let's just breathe through that. And you probably will cry, you probably will get angry, you probably will have some release of that energy and motion as you're going through that breathing process. But that very breathing process is helping you to integrate that fear so that you open up a bigger space. Yeah, so you open up a bigger space for what wants to be next. And let's, I mean, this whole idea that things aren't scary or that things are, you know, like somehow we've got it wrong if we're in fear, it's just not true. We are going to get scared. We are going to have fear. Those, those children within us are, are going to have anxiety or stress in various situations just because of what was imprinted. So it's not what's arising that's so important, the dynamics of what's arising, it's how do we meet what's arising? Yeah? Yeah, so, and, uh, and I know, believe me, I know the, <laughs> I'm not just saying this from, from that multidimensional perspective, I mean, when, 2008, after I had written Awesomeism, I had a full-time, still had a full-time speech pathology practice, forgot to renew my uh, license, my speech pathology license, because I was out talking to people about the book, and I missed it by literally two days. If I had two days earlier I had called, I would have been able to simply renew my license and go back to work, but because was two days later, I, because um, it was two days, I can still feel it now, because it was two days later, I had to reinstate the whole licensing process, which at the time was taking anywhere from six to eight months. So the very next day I had to go back in, I had 40 clients at the time, right? I had to tell all 40 of them that on that day, I could no longer see them. I had $5,000 in the bank. And I had no clients and I couldn't see clients. So no income and terror, absolute terror, fear, anxiety, stress, you name it. It was coming out of every pore in my body. And um, don't know why, but the first thing I did was I decided I was going to take a week and I was going to do nothing. I was just going to, I was just going to take walks and I was going to sit and I was just going to be quiet and I didn't know why. But out of that came the new human experience project. So out of that came a brand, something that I did years ago, but within probably a month or so we had three cycles of the new human experience project running all at the same time. And um, it was also the thing that caused me to never go back to speech pathology. So we don't know what direction I'm saying that because we don't know what direction you're being asked to go in and why you're being asked to go in that direction. But we really want to feel that fear, really want to feel. And if when we circumvent it or we try to, like I just tried to 
okay, just jump back into something else. Um, I would have maybe felt more comfortable having some kind of income coming in at least temporarily. But what wanted to open up by that experience would not have been made available to me. So, um, so yeah, um, I know it's scary. Um, and go right to that place, feel into that place because there's something else that wants your attention and wants your direction and is directing you. So that's what we want to find. Yeah. All right, this question. I read that the earth was receiving some powerful solar flares and that the northern lights could be visible from our location this weekend. Both my husband and I have noticed our eyes unusually sensitive to sunlight for a few days and my body has been running cold. Might this have something to do with the CME mass emissions? Any spiritual significance to the coronal mass emissions? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, plasma, you know, we're where we are we are moving from we are moving out of the conditioned reality the programmed conditioned reality that we have been born into over and over and over again and that energetic influx of information that solar energy is literally part of that awakening process. So um, you could perceive it in some ways as purification by fire, purification by plasma. Um, you could look at it from the vantage point of the plasmic act, uh, aspects of us or the plasma that we actually are, the energy that we actually are is becoming more predominant and the conditioning or the thought processes, the imprints, implants are becoming less dominant. So every time we have that solar flare, um, we're being up-leveled. There's just no way around it. So again, and it goes back to, we can perceive and have been conditioned to perceive that this world is working against us. And in many ways it was, in many ways it, it has been, there has definitely been that energy of, mm, there's definitely been that energy of anti-growth, anti, you know, uh, keeping us dumbed down, um, perceiving through a particular lens of limitation. And these solar flares are just helping to burn that off, right? That, that reality's gotta go. And what I wanna say too is watch when there is high solar activity, watch that you will become more irritated. There will become more frustration. There will become, there is anger and stress and those kinds of things. But again, let's not assume that all of that is because there's something wrong with you or something bad. 
let's assume that that high frequency, high vibrational energy coming from that solar ejection, that plas plasma ejection is firing into your field and it's moving out of your field, everything that is a conditioned, negatively conditioned experience. Yeah. And so this is why I keep harping on, let's not make ourselves wrong. We're not wrong when we're irritated. We're not wrong when we're frustrated or when we're sad or we feel like we're, you know, at the end of our rope or none of that is about us being wrong. It's about what no longer serves leaving our field. And if we just don't tell ourselves a story about that, if we just say, okay, this is how I'm feeling, this is, this is what is in this moment, it'll move pretty quickly. And that solar energy will have done its job. Yeah, it's recalibrating us. And when we have things like coronal mass ejections that none of us, quite frankly, have any, uh, <laughs> any say over whether they show up or not, it just lets you know that we are evolving because it's time, right? We're evolving and we're changing because now's the time to do that. Not specifically because we're doing anything. We've got the right juice or the right methodology to make ourselves evolve. The whole, all of reality is working on our behalf um, in many seen and unseen ways. So... Okay, this question is, since May, I've had a series of pains in various joints and places in my body where I've suffered past injuries. I've been able to move up the worst pain or move some of the worst pain using a combination of shamanic illumination and your spherical technology, which leads me to believe that at least some of my pains are not due to some recent injury or effects of aging, but a purging of stagnant and discordant energy blockage especially since recent x-rays of my hips reveal no sign of degeneration or abnormalities. Can you suggest how I might hasten the purging and release the pains once and for all? Um, well, <laughs> one, yes, this is, we, we wanna really understand that what is being purged, what's being moved out of our current current physical structure is not just current. These bodies hold, like, like the Akashic records, these bodies hold information from, from multiple experiences, right? We've been in and out of all kinds of different bodies. We've been in and out of all kinds of different experiences, both physical and, you know, or, uh, human experiences and other than human experiences and our bodies just like the Akashic records hold that information and it just so happens that with as much being dismantled as is being dismantled right now we are if you um, much of what you are releasing has nothing to do with this lifetime so it has nothing to do, it might not even have to do with this particular dimensional aspect of yourself. So 
so what's going to happen here is there's going to be a layering right just like we all go through these layers and this dismantling and the joints in our bodies are portals they are um I actually just learned this this morning around my shoulders, so I'm glad you're asking this question. The, the joints, those spaces in our body where bones articulate with other bones and move and um, we find our fluidity, let's say, those are portal points. Those are places in our bodies where information both leaks out and information where information can come in. So, so one, let's consider that what you are clearing, what you're processing is, may have nothing to do with anything that you're consciously aware of. So telling yourself a story about it is pretty much irrelevant. It's, it won't help. Um, it just solidifies that energy. But what you're doing with it, where you are, you know, where you are processing the energy and emotion that arises. Yep. So, so there have been several layers of my shoulder so far. And what I noticed all of a sudden was that the thing that was tying it all together was there's this certain energy of feeling defeated that shows up, right? It's like, no matter how the shoulder changes or what moves or what doesn't move, the, the, the energetics of it feels like this feeling of defeated. So I can tell myself a story about, okay, where was I defeated in my early childhood or where did I have that feeling? But if I just say the word defeated to myself around that, that joint, that shoulder joint, you know, and that old wounding, right? It may be that I have flashes of experience or information or that don't make any sense to me whatsoever, right? Because I'm not living that now, nor do I necessarily remember that lifetime. You're more than capable of doing that exact same thing where you just sit with it, get the general energy of it. What's the general energy of that joint pain, right? Or maybe of all the joint pain, what does it leave you with? And then sit with that energy and, and see where all these different places and spaces come up for you. Again, all you're doing is you're meeting them. You're just meeting them as they show up. The other side of that is, it's not just about clearing um, those old imprints, but it's also receiving the new information through those joints. And that's the part I just learned this morning, right? So, so what if those joints are trying to get your attention because some, not because something's trying to leave, but because something's trying to come in, some new information's trying to come in. Right, so I would just play with that piece too. Um, and literally, I mean, if you had a drawing of yourself and in each place where something articulates, whether it's the spine or the rotation of the neck, um, the wrist, any place where there's a joint, 
consider if you were energy in motion that those are the places where it's easier for things to leave and that's also the place where it's easiest for things to come in and so just allow that energy in and see what happens yeah okay yeah we good sharon is that it so many amazing questions thank you you got my you got me uh, stirred up for the rest of the day <laughs> go, going through all of this um, so let's um, let's just see if there's something else that um, wants to be shared before we call it a day here. So we are we are releasing and purging, and we are receiving. And because of our conditioning and programming. Many of us um, can get caught in the releasing and purging phase. And we forget to acknowledge or assume that, that, that we have to fill ourselves back up with the next iteration of ourselves. It's not just about necessarily emptying ourselves out, or at least that's not what you're showing me today, there's just like a, a, a baby tooth that pops out, there's already one right behind it, right? There's something else already there and available for the next iteration or the next level of experience. So in this next month, especially, release whatever's releasing and be present to whatever um, you're you're being asked to be present to meet it and meet it with the breath because the breath will just help keep it moving so that we don't have to internalize it all over again around some other story. But let's not stop there when we've, when we've moved through and or purged whatever we're purging or whatever solar flares are purging or whatever, you know, the energetics of the moment are purging on our behalf. Let's ask ourselves what it is that we actually want to fill ourselves up with. And it can be something as general as love, as the highest state of consciousness that we can now hold of mm, deep compassion or awareness but let's put that into the mix so that we are creating a relationship with, with what is next for each and every one of us because there is something next. And the greater we are in relationship with that, the greater that we are invoking that, aligning with that, the easier that integration process will be, the easier the next step will reveal itself. Yeah, okay, get up in the method of what is Yeah, again, we're so much more than we perceive ourselves to be. And if something isn't changing quite yet, it, it's, it's only because something hasn't been fully received quite yet. 
So open, 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 open to receive. Yep, it's available. Cool. All right. Hope that does the trick for today. And um, lots of love, everybody. Thanks so much for making it. And I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>